As you can see, today we will be celebrating the Lord's Supper together, and it's always an exciting time for us. Before we do that, I want to share a little bit with you. I've been the pastor of Grace Fellowship since we received our first members on July 4th, 2004. <coughs> for some of you, that was the day you came and united with the life of this church. Now, for some of you, because I was pastor here in Greensboro before, I have been your pastor for nearly 20 years. I thank you for putting up with me. That's a, when you think about it, nearly two decades, I have done life together with many of you. So this has been quite an exciting ride. And there's rarely a day that goes by that I don't look up to heaven and thank God for the blessing of being a part of this church, this fellowship, being in this community, and doing life together with you. And I tried to do a count. I couldn't, I really, I, I should have kept better records than this. Um, but in that course of time, I've done a lot of baby dedications, a lot of baptisms, a lot of weddings, and far too many funerals. I have logged quite a few miles traveling back and forth to hospitals, sometimes in daylight hours and sometimes in early morning hours and sometimes at night. I have prepared and preached over a thousand messages. I have sat in way more than that in meetings, lots of meetings, mostly good. And I've had quite a few counseling sessions and have shed quite a few tears. During this time, I have um, seen dozens and dozens of people come to faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And I've seen hundreds of people who have connected with the life of the church called Grace Fellowship. And I also grieved. I've grieved men and women who have passed on, gone on to be with the Lord. I've grieved those who have moved on, who, do, who because of uh, life changes, have transitioned to another place. And I've also grieved those who have left grace because they felt like they needed to be at another church, another place. And um, quite honestly, those always sting a little bit. And I'll tell you these things because I'm getting ready to resign. <laughs> and I'm not telling you these things because I want you to somehow admire me more. And I'm not telling you these things because I want you to feel sorry for me. I want you to know I love being a pastor, and more specifically, I love being your pastor. It is a joy in my life, a highlight in my life. Now, there are days, full disclosure, there are days that I want to get back in the bed and pull the covers over my head. There are days when I am tired. 
There are days when I am stressed. There are days when I am discouraged. And there are days when, quite frankly, I become disillusioned. But those days are short-lived and widely scattered. Most of the time, I spend my time thanking the Lord for the privilege of being pastor of this church and being connected to each of you. And I'm excited, literally excited, for what the future holds. Because I truly believe it, that the best is yet to come, that we have not yet seen all that God is going to do in this community, through this church, that has impact around the world. And so today I joyfully stand before you to share in this communion. As we together experience union with God the Father, but also also experience union with one another. We are in this together. And so before we take of these elements, I want to share some of God's Word with you. This, This bread of life that we are given in the Word of God. And so together this morning, I'd like us to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verses 12 to 18. Even though we're having Lord's Supper, uh, we're going through a a series uh, entitled, I Am a Church Member, and in this process, these verses really came to the surface for me this week. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 to 18. Now, if you're looking for that and you need to use a concordance, I mean, need to use table of contents, that's fine. It's not one of the thicker books in the New Testament. Uh, but uh, hopefully you can find that. If not, please note that we have the Scripture printed out for you on the handout. We will also have it up here on the screen, so don't feel like you're missing out if you can't find it. But I want you to hear what God's Word says to us this morning. As, as Paul writes to this church in Thessalonica, and as God speaks to us as a church in Greensboro called Grace Fellowship, this local expression of the body of Christ. Beginning in verse 12, He says, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace. What an incredible title for God. Some of you came this morning, that's exactly what you needed to hear. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. 
I put you under an oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. As I've said before, we are in this together. We are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We're doing life together. We're fulfilling God's mission together. We're serving one another, but we're doing more than that. We're choosing to live sacrificially for something that is greater than ourselves. We share in common a Father in heaven. We share in common the Holy Spirit who indwells us. We share in common a Savior whose love was so great that He died on a cross for our sins. We are in this together. And the Apostle Paul, through these words, helps us to see and to value that togetherness, that connection that we have in the body of Christ. I want to highlight just a few things he said very quickly. He said, be at peace with each other. Let me tell you, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to have peace with God if you're not at peace with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Be at peace. Take an action to seek forgiveness or to forgive. Be at peace. Admonish the idle. That means those who are coasting along in this thing we call the Christian life, who feel like they've got their get-out-of-hell-free card and that's all that they need, admonish them. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean to go home and get your 50-pound white King James Bible with a picture of Jesus on the front and start beating them along the path. But what it does mean is you come alongside them and let them know that there's more to this life than them. That the Bible is not all about them. That salvation is not all about them. That they're part of something bigger than themselves and help them along that path as they begin to discover what God has for them in serving and sharing and being salt and being light. Encourage the faint-hearted. And listen, I'm so encouraged by so many of you who are willing to come alongside those who need to be lifted up whether it's because of an illness in their family, whether it's because of financial challenges that they're having, whether it's simply because life seems to have just tumbled down on them and you come alongside them to encourage them. Help the weak. Help the weak. Those who are weak in their faith, those who are weak in this life, help them. Be patient with each other. That may be the hardest one on this list for some of you. Because we we look at them and we go, they know better. (laughs) I've taught them better. They should be better. And Paul would whisper to us, the voice of Jesus behind him, be patient. God's not finished with them yet. He hasn't washed His hands with them, of them. Be patient with them. Always seek to do good to one another and to 
everyone. Don't stop when it comes to the walls of this building. Your goodness should overflow beyond these walls. And people should know that you are connected with a church like Grace Fellowship, not because you wear a a shirt with it on it, not because you've stolen one of the pins with it on it. We'll have a time for repentance after the service. They should know because you love like no one else. Because you serve like no one else. Because you give like no one else. Because you have joy like no one else. Because you're good to people. Not cruel, not crass, not dismissive. You're good to them. Our lives as individuals and as Christian families and as a church family will be marked Paul says, by these things, persistent joy. Persistent joy. Joy that never ends. Unrelenting prayer. Pray always in every circumstance. Listen, if it's worthy of your worry, it's worthy of your prayer. If it's worthy of your time, it's worthy of your prayer. Your kids your grandkids, your spouse, your parents, your grandparents, they all need your prayers. Most people think prayer is the least thing that we can do. It's the bottom floor. Well, listen, I'll take it a step down from there. It's not the bottom floor. It's the foundation. It should be the foundation of life that we take it all to the Lord in prayer Constant thankfulness. Be thankful in every circumstance. And then spirit-given wisdom. There are too many people in this world who think they know it all. I used to joke that if I didn't have an opinion on something, if you give me a topic in five minutes, I'd have one. I hope that I have grown enough to understand that there is wisdom that comes from above and that is what I am to seek. Not just to pick a side and put up my dukes, but to actually listen to the Spirit of God speak to me and guide me in a path that may not have been what I'd chosen. And I have something to ask of you this morning. I want to ask you, the members of this church, the regular attenders of this church, people who are connected with Grace Fellowship, I want to ask you to pray for your leaders, those women and men who have stepped in positions of leadership in the life of this church. They need your prayers. If you're in a small group, then let me ask you, pray for your small group facilitator. Pray for that person who spends the time studying and preparing that God will speak to them so that they can speak to you. Pray God's protection over them. Pray God's blessings in their lives. Pray God's guidance for them. Pray for that person who is your pastor.
in that small group. If you serve on a ministry team, and so many of you do, pray for your ministry team leader. The one who organizes and plans and orders the things that need to be ordered and and makes sure that things run along like they ought to. Pray for that ministry team leader. They need your prayers. Pray for your deacons. Hey, it's a short list. You've only got two. Toby Dalton. Tom Ertle. And if you're praying for Toby, go ahead and pray for Lisa. If you're praying for Tom, then go ahead and pray for Brooke. Pray for them as they make decisions and take action that impact people in the area of mercy and in the area of benevolence. Pray for your elders. We've got four new elders who've stepped onto our elder council. They need your prayers along with our others. So pray for Jim Bedsell and pray for Lynn, his wife. Pray for Tom Robinson and for Trish. Pray for Jerry Foskey and for Kim. Pray for Charles Brown and for Pat. Pray for Luke Miller and Deborah. Pray for Ralph Danson and Carolyn. Pray for Rick Ward and Tommy. Pray for them. Pray for their families. Intercede to the Lord on their behalf that God would lead them as they seek to lead us. People you see up here on the platform, and I'm glad they're still here. And by the way, elders, we're going to take care of the choir afterwards because they're going to be singing. So don't worry about them. We're going to catch them at the end. But these people who give their time and their energy to come and not just sing and play, but who come to lead in worship. Pray for them. Pray for those in the band. Pray for those who who get the get to hold the microphones and have to be front and center. That can be a scary thing sometimes. Pray for your pastors and for the staff. Pray for Lim Clark and Sandy. Pray for Caleb Bell and Sarah. Pray for Michael Wells and Pam. Pray for Nancy Miller and her husband Steve. And if I could be so bold this morning, I would ask you pray for me. Pray for Nancy. Pray for our kids. Pray for us. Paul was not ashamed to ask the church in Thessalonica to do that very thing. He said, brothers, pray for us. Because what Paul understood was that prayer has a connection to God. Prayer has a power. Prayer has an influence like nothing else you can do. We may not get exactly what we want every time we pray for it, just like we prayed for it. I understand that. But I also know that God has a way to work in lives. And there are some of you, I know, because you you remind me of this to encourage me, not to brag about yourself, but to encourage me. You remind me that you pray for me on a daily basis. Some of you have seen the bumper of my car. If you were here last week, you know I had what Sarah Bell uh, jokingly referred to as a head-on collision. How dare you be so insensitive to me? Okay. If you weren't here, I kind of got tripped up playing with my dog. I went head first into the bumper of my car. Now, 
Everything looks pretty good. I think I'm all right. Just a little bit of a scrape up here, a little bit of a scraped knee, no broken bones, no stitches, no lost teeth, no broken nose. None of that ever happened. My, my dog's fine. She's happy. She has no clue. My car's not okay. Literally, I've got to have the bumper replaced. If you haven't seen it, um, it'll be, hopefully by next weekend, it'll be all, all put together. But if you go and look at the bumper, here's what you see. A, a, a round head-shaped indention at the corner. Literally where my head, I went head first into the bumper of my car. But just to the left of where my head went was the metal in the bumper. And just to the right, was concrete. There was one place my head could have gone without giving me a concussion or breaking my neck. And that's where my head went. Now, I I didn't see angels going, okay, he's going down, boys, let's go get him. (laughs) You get on one side, I'll get on the other, we'll guide his head. But this I know. You pray for me. And that means the world to me. And so, I would say with Paul, brothers and sisters, pray for us. Pray for us. Not just me. Not just Caleb. Not just Michael. Not just Lim. Pray for us. Pray for all those who step into those positions to lead, who are willing to face the criticism that comes with that, the challenges that come with that, pray for us. And here is our commitment to you. We'll pray for you. Because folks, we're in this together. We're in it together. I'm going to ask... Men, if they will come forward as we prepare to share in the Lord's Supper, and as they come down, I want you to know that this table has been prepared and laid out for you who have put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. If you're not a member of Grace Fellowship, but you are a member of the Universal Church, if you have placed your faith in Jesus, then the bread and the cup, these are for you, and we invite you to come and to share in this. If you're not a believer... If you've not placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there's no shame in letting the elements pass you by. It's okay. My prayer would be for you that somehow the Lord would touch your heart, touch your life, touch your spirit, and draw you into a relationship with Him that is eternal. Let's pray as we prepare our hearts this morning. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this time together. We're grateful for your word that speaks to us and challenges us. We're grateful to be part of a body where we can pray for one another and work together towards something greater than ourselves. Being part of the kingdom and sharing in this kingdom work. And so, Lord, as these elements pass us, as we take of the bread, as we take of the cup, 
May you remind us that it's because of your completed work on Calvary's cross that we are part of your family and that you've called us to this mission. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.